0: Dates are important. This is a snapshot in time. March the 15th, Sunday morning. It's Sunday the 19th of April. It is May the 17th. June the 21st. The 26th of July, the 1st of November, 2020. It is January the 17th. It is the 21st of February, 2021. The 7th of March, 2021. Joining us in studio this morning, Dr. Anton Mayberg.
1: The coronavirus we're interested in now is called the SARS coronavirus 2.
0: A little bit of a different scenario. Last week and the week before, we were in studio. Uh, We were able to record there. Now we're on lockdown, you're at the hospital. And uh, I am recording from my home office last week's Sunday to this Sunday, a very different scenario.
1: Good morning. Thank you for having me. As you can see, I'm at home today. I'm not at work. Self quarantine, or as other people call it, social distancing. So today we are in day three of lockdown, as everyone knows. I'm sure people are pulling their hair out at this stage. Um, but don't fret, we've only got 18 more days of this apparent lockdown.
0: It is the 24th day of lockdown.
1: We are now in a pandemic.
0: I've just been out for a walk slash run but actually it's really just a walk the uh it was absolutely beautiful to get outdoors
1: everyone can account for this you just touch your face i do this all the
0: time last week sunday evening was the very first time that uh, our president sir ramaphosa stood before the nation where he announced that all (laughs) beaches would be closed government is debating reducing the stringency from level four to level three and there is rising discontent when he will set out what level three will look like.
1: We're a family in discord, a family in disharmony because of some idiotic decisions that were made last night by our commander in chief. Lockdown is a very harsh statement and causes panic and fear in this so environment.
0: We shouldn't be using the word
1: lock be using lockdown.
0: So we should be using social distancing.
1: Miss you, can't be with you today due to the silly COVID virus going out there.
0: Are we at risk of making ourselves completely mad?
1: We are at risk of a global panic at the moment.
0: And yet, There is a sense that we are coping and that we are coping largely very well.
1: We're going to see the number of cases going up in South Africa. The cases are ramping up exponentially. We've got to use the herd immunity. We've got to get people well Right. and resistant to the virus and keep them strong so that we get a second wave where strong people don't get the virus. If not now,
0: when? Joining us today is uh, Brian Abel. He is a PhD, MBA, MSc, he's a, a immunologist. He's a lot of different things. And he is very involved and uh, at the forefront of vaccine research.
1: We certainly had a really um, crazy phase at the moment with the COVID-19 pandemic and the vaccine is urgently needed.
0: And uh, South Africa began in the last week to roll out its uh, vaccine program yet again. Are we in the midst of a second surge? Are we uh, past another surge? The numbers are going up. We need to get to have a holiday. Can you please assure us that we're going to be okay we are also not leaving the beach today whilst we uh uh, talk about this because today is actually the last day on the beach in the garden route
1: the only difference with the new variant is highly and far more contagious and more transmissible up to 70 percent more transmissible we
0: seem to be in a very very good space at the moment in south africa aren't we
1: don't forget to wear your masks don't forget to wash your hands don't forget social distancing don't forget we're still in the panic, even though we're in level one, lock- pandemic, level one panic. We're in level one lockdown. But just be safe, just be cautious, and just look after each other.
0: This is exactly what the country needed after the year that we've had.
1: Uh, this takes me back to our first podcast that we did in Rosebank all those years ago. Well, it feels like years ago, when we actually could go out and we actually could be in company of other people. We could be in a studio where we weren't worried about spreading germs. Little did we know. Toda ba, gracias, thank you to the two of you.
0: So a really massive thank you to you. Thank you so much. Well done. And thank you for everything you got did.
1: Thank you, thank you.
0: Thank you and a big shout out to you for that. We thank them and I'm sure the whole community thanks them. With grateful appreciation.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks guys for all the podcasts. Really appreciate and all the best. Thank you, Howard and Anton.
0: A big thank you for the wonderful podcast.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you to your sponsors.
0: Thanks, Synthesis for the sponsorship of the brilliant Sunday morning COVID podcast. All the best to you guys and congratulations on a brilliant program. Well done for you for for, for the 50th episode coming up. And to say that we are proud undermines what Howard and Anton have achieved. Unbelievable. That is absolutely astounding. Absolutely love that. It's the first time that Dr. Anton Marburg and I have actually seen that as we're recording this. It is sensational. Marco, thank you. Thank you from me. Certainly, I'm pretty sure that Anton will echo the same. Very good morning to you. This is it's Sunday, the 14th of March. This is our anniversary. we uh, with the odd couple, I imagine. Um, otherwise... Uh, Yeah, I can't really think of another way to put it. It is our fiftieth podcast. It's our one-year anniversary. Two hundred thousand views, as you've seen, and uh, we really, really are honoured by the support that we received from everybody uh, commemorating this day. Anton Maiberg, good morning. How are you?
1: Good morning. And uh, Mazotov on the fiftieth podcast. And thank you, Marco Martins, for everything you've done for us. And thank you to Synthesis, and thank you to you, Howard, for for taking this forward. So we are currently sitting on 74,370 cases worldwide with 2.6 million deaths and 96.5 million cases resolved. The United States has a staggering 30 million cases with 546,000 deaths. And South Africa has 1,528,414 cases with 51,261 deaths and 1,541 new cases in the last 24 hours as well as 145,544 people vaccinated in the last month. The daily test positivity rate is back above 5%, which has risen after the last two weeks where we were below this threshold. And the numbers are starting to rise. Is this due to level one? Is this a hiccup? We'll see, I suppose, in the next few weeks. The numbers in are sitting at 1,911 in hospital with 357 patients ventilated, in ICU at present. And uh, we must just, uh, I think, make very well known that the people who have been vaccinated are only 145,000 having started the vaccination program on the 17th of February.
0: Right. So uh, we'll come back to the vaccination program in a short while. What is our best indicator to understand if numbers are going up, if we're heading into a third wave? Is it the positivity rate? Is it the fact that more than 1,500 people yesterday were, were diagnosed as or declared as positive? What, what is our best measure?
1: There's lots of things to look at, uh, different trends and different sort of upticks that we see. You know, you can't just say that the positivity rate itself is the thing that's going to show us whether or not we're going into the third wave because a lot of people are testing for other reasons, not because they're sick, but because they either going overseas or they having operations or they need to be sure that they can go into certain environments. What we have seen over the last year is that when the numbers start rising in the Eastern Cape and Western Cape, we are due to follow. And slowly but surely, the numbers are starting to rise in the Eastern Cape and the Western Cape. And even on on the home front, even in our casualty, we're starting to see a few more patients testing positive and a few more patients coming into the hospital, more so than we've seen over the last few weeks. What's interesting to note is that the number of cases have dropped over 90%. That's the active cases have dropped from 260,000 to about 25,000 in the last three months. So although there's this downward trend, we are now seeing that there is a variability happening and there are things that are going in the wrong direction and we still have to be extremely careful. So I think there's going to be a few surges here and there, but there generally is an event. And what worries me um, over the last few days is that King Goodwill Zelletini passed away. There's going to be a massive funeral there and I'm not sure how they may curtail that. So I'm hoping that itself is not a super spreading event as well as upcoming Passover and Easter festivals. Those are themselves going to be major super spreading events and we need to curtail numbers and act responsibly throughout this time.
0: I guess it's any time that people are traveling, moving around the country. So we had it with Rage, where kids came from all over the show, um, congregated, uh, became ill, and then went back. With a funeral, it could be the same thing, with a funeral of, 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 of such a of, well-known. Of, of
1: epic proportions, because I'm sure the numbers are gonna be massive for the funeral. Um, you know, it's the king of the Zulu nation, the numbers are going to be huge.
0: And of course, he did pass away for, with COVID. Did he pass away from COVID or with COVID? And, uh, because I think that's an important distinction.
1: Look, the, the rumours out there are that he, he presented with severe diabetes related to the COVID itself. So most likely it was a COVID-related death. Um, we don't have the specifics, and I, I wouldn't put that on, on record saying that until we find out. But the family did come out with the details that he did have COVID at the time of being admitted
0: to hospital. Right, which is uh, which is obviously incredibly sad. I would hope though that because of that, there'll be more caution at the funeral as well, given the, given the fact that, that this is a very real scenario. All right, uh, so let's, let's talk about, uh, let's move on to, to some of the specifics. Can we talk about new drugs available? Every week we get a lot of questions around treatment and medication. What have we seen and what is the latest that we are seeing?
1: So there are quite a few new oral drugs that are in the formulation. One of them is a drug called Molnupiravir, which is designed for patients with COVID-19, and it's not too dissimilar to Oseltamivir, which is uh, known as Tamiflu, which has been used for the influenza A. It's supposed to help with patients and decrease their, their morbidity as well as their hospital stay, uh, time will tell. We know that Tamiflu didn't decrease mortality, it decreased the time in hospital and the the amount of days of sickness, and we're hoping this will, will help us further. There's another drug called Opaganib, which is Yuleva, which is going to be used in patients requiring oxygen, and effectively it's hoped to decrease the need for oxygen requirements in these patients. It's antiviral and it's anti-inflammatory, and they are looking at using, or adding it to dexamethasone and remdesivir. And the third drug, which is also quite new, is Upamostat, which is a serine protease inhibitor, which is expected to be extremely, extremely active and effective against the emerging variants because it targets human cell factors involved in viral entry. Of course, we've heard a lot about the monoclonal antibodies. And I've just got to say that, unfortunately, in this country, we, we don't have a place for monoclonal antibodies from, for many reasons. First of all, the price. Second of all, the price. And third of all, probably the price. And also, the monoclonal antibodies are most effective when they're used on day one of the virus. So the earlier they're used, the better. Once they're used a few days later, there's no added benefit to using them.
0: What is the runway in terms of the other medication that you've just mentioned? How soon can we get those in South Africa?
1: Well, <laughs> if we look at uh, the vaccine as our, as our benchmark, then probably never. But uh, the Omolniopiravir is in phase two trials, the Opeganiv is in phase two trials. So these are all in, in, in evolution. And they haven't been released overseas yet, but uh, we wait and we wait and see when they can be released, when they can get recommendation by the FDA, the CDC, SACRA, all of these things. So there are lots of hurdles to get through before we can even see them.
0: Right. And of course, that becomes more relevant here in South Africa, given the appalling uh, rollout of the vaccine. As you mentioned, we're in the middle of March. Uh, we have had just over 140,000 people vaccinated. That's embarrassing.
1: So, if you've got to understand that it's it's related to the fact that we were given a number of vaccines from Johnson & Johnson as a trial, okay? We're still hoping to vaccinate 1.2 million healthcare workers and we've only had 145,000 since the 17th of February. So. I don't know if you've heard anything in the, in the media about mm-hmm. any more vaccines coming in or. There was a statement that some. Yeah, the, they actually uh, signed the orders and the orders are coming through because mm-hmm. no one seems to know anything different at the moment. So, when are these vaccines coming in? Where are they being procured from? Do we have to wait till the end of June for them to be actually formulated in the Aspen labs or the Aspen factories that are being done here? No one really knows. And once again, we left in the dark.
0: Well in fact, there was a talk earlier last week that yesterday Saturday another 60 or 80 thousand were meant to arrive, but I certainly didn't see it anywhere and and I find they the, I find it incredible how poor the press is in in holding government accountable for this if you say it's arriving on saturday well either it did or it didn't so you either need to make sure that that you've reported on it or 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 you need to question why it hasn't happened and uh, you know i i I think that that this is the role that media should be playing we need to be holding government and uh, everybody else involved in this process
1: accountable
0: so yeah, I, I, I can't really agree with
1: you more,
0: yeah. You know, I, I do find it very, very strange. I mean, what are we seeing in terms of the vaccines? Lots of talk about the AstraZeneca uh, vaccine being stopped in con- certain countries around the world. Uh, give us uh, give us an overview of this, please. So
1: the, the, the European Medicines um, Authority is or agency is actually investigating the use of the AstraZeneca vaccine overseas, There have been cases of thromboembolic events, which is clots in the lungs or clots in the legs related to the AstraZeneca vaccine. What I think people don't understand is there's only been 30 cases of the 5 million patients that have had the vaccine administered to them. So, you know, once again, people take certain elements and they make them into something bigger than they are. I think we've got to wait for the regulation authorities to look into these things carefully and see if there is a threat, but 30 cases out of 5 million is not a massive amount of things and also we do know that covid-19 and SARS-CoV-2 are hypercoagulable diseases in other words they promote clotting and they themselves could have caused these clottings. so we need to have better studies out and a better understanding of what this actually means before they pulled the AstraZeneca vaccine off the shelves
0: Right, but at this stage, South Africa really working around the Johnson and Johnson. I mean, we know as well that there's going to be manufacturing locally, but again, we don't know if that's even for South Africans or not. There's just well, no
1: we, Yeah, we, we're hoping. We're hoping that the the, the lab will or the, the factories will make them for South Africa, but they could be throughout uh, the whole African continent for all we know.
0: Right. Uh, let Let's go through some of the Let's go through some of the myths around the, the vaccines, because I think that is important as well. On the assumption yeah. that, well, please God, uh, we will actually receive vaccines in this country, uh, let's yeah. talk about some of the concerns. I've heard a lot of people saying, well, it was rushed through testing, it can't be safe.
1: So I think we've got to remember a very important thing, and there's something called Operation warp speed. And, yes, the vaccines were rushed, but at no detriment at any stage in the testing to anybody who gets the vaccine. They followed the safety controls. Everything was done effectively, especially with the mRNA vaccines that are able to be formulated in one or two days and then take a few weeks to produce. They haven't cut any corners. They've got different scientific sort of um, things available to them so they can do these things quicker and safer. So that is definitely one of the major myths.
0: Okay, uh, let's go through some of uh, some of the others. Um, there's no point in getting the vaccine uh, if we still have to wear masks.
1: So right now we've got to show, throw a bit of caution to the wind with that one. You know, we don't know in South Africa where we're going with the vaccines, but the CDC came out with a statement to America that if you've been vaccinated and you've had both of your vaccines, then you don't have to be as careful as you were before you can go into a small gathering of people either who have not been vaccinated or people who are not wearing masks and be with them and safely say that you shouldn't be able to contract the virus. Even if you do contract the virus, it would be very mild. The problem with that in South Africa is you've only had 145,000 vaccinations and we've got different variants. So we have to wait to see over the next few months how effective the Johnson Johnson whether we're going to get the Novavax, whether we're going to get the Moderna and Pfizer and see how effective these vaccines are going to be against the variants and the actual other sort of strains of the virus. So we can say that we are protected and we don't actually spread the virus to other people.
0: I've already had COVID-19, so I don't need the vaccine, true or false?
1: Um, False, we don't know how to correlate at this stage the protection level required or necessary for a person to be safe from COVID-19. One of the things you are saying, and there's a few different uh, outlooks in that, is that if you do have COVID or you have a SARS-CoV-2, you should wait 90 days before you get the vaccine. And if you do get the vaccine, most likely all you'll need is a booster. So only one jab, uh, if you're getting the Moderna or the Pfizer, but there's no problem getting a vaccine and it will even you a heightened protection and a heightened boost of your antibodies in your body.
0: Right, and, uh, and the COVID-19 vaccine can alter my DNA, true or false?
1: So that's completely false. They never actually interact with your DNA. They never enter your cell nucleus. And I think that's important to say that at the same time that the vaccine can't give you SARS-CoV-2 either. Because if we look at the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, it's an adenovirus containing replication defective DNA that encodes mRNA for the spark protein. It's taken up by your host cells where it makes its way into the nucleolus of the, of the host cell. The DNA is then injected, and the host cell then takes it up and changes it into mRNA. So at no time can it change your DNA. At no time is it sitting there for days causing any trouble. And the mRNA is released basically similarly like the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccines at that stage. So it can't give you SARS-CoV-2, and it can't alter your DNA. Right.
0: Which is a pity, because if we could have an injection that could just alter our DNA, wow, I would get my hair back, I'd be tall, I'd be thin, and I'd be an athlete.
1: Hashtag Botox.
0: Oh, let's talk about that after this. We'll come back to that. Uh, all right, so it's 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 been a year. It's been a year of 50 podcasts. What have you learned in the year?
1: So... Not only what have I learned, but what have we learned as a as a community, as a scientific community, as a layperson community, as any type of community? In March in 2020, we said there's no need to panic. The flu is worse. In March in 2021, we say it's worse than the flu. In March in 2020, we said masks were necessary. March 2021, we're saying, well, maybe should we should be wearing two or three masks. You know, who knows? In March of 2020, we said, asymptomatic spread is rare. Don't worry about it. Now, in March 2021, we're saying, well, 40% of new cases come from people without symptoms. Once again, March 2020, we don't think the virus is a threat to young people. March 2021, sadly, no. So I think what we've learned is to always remember that, once again, there are no experts in this virus, in this disease, in this process. We are learning new things on a day-to-day basis. We need open minds, and more importantly, we need humility.
0: Mm. It's an incredible thing that it it has taught us or should have taught us humility because we just... Are figuring this out as we go along, and I just saw a, an article reef, briefly that just popped up to say um, News24 EWN saying, "Well, there could be a new variant in the Cape and Eastern Cape. They don't really know what this means." And you think, "Well, here we go again—more things to learn." The last variant, uh, you know, uh, uh, impacted greatly on younger people. What does this variant mean if it is the case? So it's a constantly yes. changing and evolving uh, process.
1: That, that's true. And even with new variants, we are actually quite less worried now with the newer variants because eventually, you know, these variants have to die out and eventually mutations can't happen as dramatically as before. But we do know that the same as the influenza, on a year to year basis, we modify vaccines according to different mutations at different strains. And we will take that forward as we go along. I think once more vaccines are produced by the world body, they'll realize how easy it is to change the vaccines or adapt them in a way that they cover all these different types of mutations.
0: Mm. Coming up, it's Easter, it's Passover. People are getting together with families. Next week's podcast, we're going to go into that in some detail. But just for planning purposes, how many uh, families can get together? How do you recommend people plan for this time?
1: Look, I think you've got to be very careful. You might plan to do it outside in open, so an open area. You've got to have each family having their own table, a maximum of three families if possible, but try and keep it as small as possible. You know, having more than 10 people in your house is already going to cause trouble. So keep it small, keep it isolated, and try keep it family, and keep families in their bubbles, each family at their table, each family gets their own set of food. There's one person serving everybody, cans of cauldron for one person, uh, that are that are used by one person only, and everything done in a unified way, but keeping the solidarity of the actual virus, so that we can make sure we don't pass it on to other people. And most importantly, is that when you do get up away from the table, put your mask on, move away, keep on sanitizing throughout mm, the meal. Mm,
0: mm. So I think that I think that is very very important. As you look back on the year, on the fifty podcasts, on the anniversary. Could you ever have imagined that this would be every Sunday morning?
1: So when we were sitting at uh, our first uh, podcast in Rosebank, I thought, okay, very nice, very sweet, we'll do it once, and uh, no more stress, no more hassle. And uh, here we are, 50 podcasts later, one year later, uh, sitting here doing this, no one would ever have thought, me, myself, personally, I would never have thought that I'd be doing this but I've enjoyed the journey. It's been wonderful. I've learned a lot throughout this process. You know, when you do these things, it forces you to actually read more, understand more, and put it into your daily practice as well. So it's been very beneficial to me as well.
0: I'd actually uh, would like to also give a bit of a shout out to Marco Martins, who, who joins us every Sunday, doing the tech, doing the, uh, uh, the, the sound engineering. Marco, can you put your camera on? Are you, are you looking decent this morning?
1: I would no, unfortunately I don't have my camera on this computer that I'm working with now for these Sunday podcasts. Um, but thank you very much. I'm right. sure you can put a, a fake picture like you did the last time of yourself so people can Def- use your own. I'll, that they did. I'll <laughs>
0: definitely be putting my most flattering pictures up. Yeah, Marco, uh, people called you eye candy, hey? I'm just saying. Did you feel did, 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 did you feel um, objectified?
1: Uh, Not at all. Uh, I'm lucky enough to stay away from any comment sections, so uh, (laughs) I'll just remain hopeful that all the comments were positive.
0: They were, they were. Uh, Marco Martins, thank you for your incredible commitment every single Sunday, and it doesn't end here for Marco. The minute that that uh, that we are finished recording, that's when Marco's work starts. It's not easy working with Anton Marberg and cutting out some of the parts that uh, you know when 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 poor language, perhaps. Uh, right, moving
1: ahead, should we not <laughs> move ahead now to the good news segments because there is some news. Oh,
0: well, excuse me. What about what about the cakes?
1: Let's go to the good news segment and we can get to the cake straight after that, okay? So in the past three months, as I said, the numbers in South Africa have gone down by 90%. The number of active cases have gone from 260,000 into the low 20,000s. We are still managing to stay afloat in level one. And we are on track to celebrate Passover and Easter in small gatherings responsibly. And the most important part of the good news is Liverpool. And this is for you, my friend Barry, my colleague and my friend Barry. Liverpool, the only red team, are through the Champions League quarterfinals. The only red team, Barry. And I'd just like to show you on my cake what an important message there was on the side of the cake, just to show you that you'll never walk alone. So I would like to thank King Tobias for this beautiful cake. I'd love her to thank for the attention to detail very good detail Barry and uh, just in, uh, in taking it forward, be safe look after yourselves wear your masks and remember we need to get through this together and my quote yeah. maybe if we start telling people that the brain is an app, they'll start using it
0: I love that that is absolutely awesome and just so you know and in case you were wondering, the cake is called a Vaxicorn the cake is called a Vaxicorn for very, very obvious reasons. Dr. Anton Marburg, thank you as always, and thank you for your commitment to the Synthesis Sunday podcast. Of course, thank you to Synthesis for uh, their commitment to doing this uh, every week, for sponsoring this every week. Thanks to Marco Martin. And thanks to you for your incredible questions, your unbelievable input, your phenomenal feedback, and for telling us exactly what we need to do. I'm Howard Feldman. This has been the 50th Sunday Synthesis podcast. Be well. God bless. See you next week.